This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call, 800-339-9252, or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows, and you can subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions, ideas for future shows, or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. I recently had a very interesting chat with a client who was interested in setting up a charitable trust. And while I had a pretty good understanding of some of the things that go into the setting up of a charitable trust, they were a little shocked by just how complex the process can sometimes be. Now with that conversation in mind, I thought we'd spend part of today's show discussing some of the mechanics as well as the pluses and minuses of setting up a charitable trust. And let me address the first question that probably popped into your mind about this topic. No, you don't need to be wealthy to set up a charitable trust. But speaking of both charitable and trust, let's talk to the person who personifies (laughs) both those words. Tony Shore, how you doing? Yeah, I'm glad. I I was wondering where you were going to go there. I thought you were going to say, speaking of charitable and wealthy, let's talk. (laughs) Yeah, the wealthy part. I'm glad you left that off. You know, uh, radio show co-host. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, I'm not sure what it used to mean. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, so I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Matt. Uh, can't wait. Uh, I'm actually curious about this topic. So I have some questions for you. But before we get into that, yeah, I mean, I'm half Irish. So I had fun celebrating uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, a week or so ago. And uh, have been busy just getting things ready, you know, for spring and summer, right? Yeah, spring has sprung, Tony. Spring has sprung. The spring has sprung. The grass is wrong. Look at what the flowers sprung. Showers sprung. How does that go? I don't remember, but there's some little saying that I've completely butchered now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad the sound effects board is in play today. It is in play. Yeah. Just beware. Just be warned that the sound effects board is in play for today's show. (laughs) I saw, what are we talking about today? Trusts and retirement wealth gaps. Uh, So then I, I'm like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. I'm going to try and be as like NPR in my delivery oh, as possible no, today. Please, too. please, please. I, I know a guy who does a financial show like that, that I, I should play for you sometime. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You got the monotone. You don't want that. 
I'm gonna see if I can do it. I, I'll probably fall out of it. I'm not real. I'm, I'm not an actor, and I don't well, play the one NPR, on TV. The NPR, uh, classic, classical music channel here at least. The uh, the NPR in Minnesota, and that was Beethoven's Ninth, and I'm going to talk like this, and it's very annoying. Mm. Do we still have any listeners? Wait, you're playing classical music and talking like that? Click. <laughs> I love some classical music, but I can only take so much of the of that. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I could take it pretty much nonstop, Tony. That's uh, one of the most enthralling of all types of music. Yes, you have to have the pauses <laughs> when you work for NPR. The very odd cadence it it really helps when you're talking about charitable trusts and retirement wealth gaps <laughs> okay enough yeah. of our public of the radio <laughs> the public radio slam i we love missed, it we missed our calling i guess yes we did okay so um you know you've hit on something obviously important though i think when you said you don't have to be wealthy to establish a charitable trust and uh, I'm sure like a lot of people listening right now, my first instinct was always, oh, charitable trusts, you know, a trust that's for rich people or, uh, oligarchs or the, the Royal family or something. I don't have a trust. I don't need a trust, but, uh, that's not the case though, is it? Uh, no, it is not. And the U S news and world report article, they, they've had an article should you tr set up a charitable trust question mark and ha it has a lot of good information we can build the conversation on but before we get into the article i do want to say this first only an attorney can write a trust so the conversation today is for informational purposes only even if you stayed at a holiday inn last night holiday inn <laughs> express you know you still can't write a trust is is something you want to deal with uh with a lawyer uh if it if today's conversation leaves you intrigued, have questions about establishing a trust, I urge you to work closely with both legal and tax experts. Now, as this article does explain, though, if you have extra assets and have a cause you deeply care about, a charitable trust may be a good option. Additionally, charitable trust may also provide an avenue to pass your assets down without estate or gift tax implications. Okay. So uh, obviously uh, it, it is an, can be an important part of any overall financial strategy though, a, a trust, and you definitely want a, a legacy plan and then the state plan. So this is a good conversation to have. And if I'm rem remembering correctly, there are different types of charitable trusts, correct? Yes, you have. And maybe you've been taking your ginkgo biloba because you <laughs> did remember correctly. Uh, charitable you. trusts can be designed in numerous ways. There are various tax implications. However, the charitable remainder trust and the charitable lead trust are the two probably most common types you're going to find out there. If you build a charitable remainder trust, you'll first use cash and other assets to fund it. And from there, the trust pays out a stream of income to your family or beneficiaries during either their lifetime or an established window of time. And then when they pass or the window closes, the assets that remain go to the charity. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess that, that makes sense then. 
So it seems straightforward. What are the nuances uh, of a charitable lead trust then? Charitable lead trust that you mentioned. Okay. So those payments from, uh, for the lead trust, payments from the trust are sent to the charity first. And then the remainder then goes to the beneficiary at the end of the established trust term. So kind of flip the first one. It's often funded as a component of a legacy plan because it may reduce the beneficiary's tax burden. So put it simply, the estate receives a charitable deduction and the beneficiary receives what's left. Clearly choosing between a charitable remainder trust and a charitable lead trust can be difficult, which may mean working with an experienced financial services professional is essential. Yeah. And again, you want to make sure you're working with a trusted financial services professional, of course. So what do you think some of the advantages of a charitable trust are? Well, the first, uh, if you have a cause or organization that you're passionate about, you know that your assets may make a very real difference. I'm all for writing some checks, you know, $25, $50, $100 checks to the things you support. But think of the difference, you know, a bulk of whatever you may have left could make. It makes up for a thing. Say it was $25,000. You know, how many $100 checks do you need to get to that? to that point. So it can make a bulk difference to something that you're passionate about. And I've noticed, you know, as a lot of my clients age, they begin to speak more about wanting to leave behind something that really matters, not just for the people they love, but the causes they care about. And when it comes to more nuts and bolts matters, there are other possible advantages, not the least of which is potentially reducing both your own tax burden and the burden on your beneficiaries as well. And then last, you know, if, if you're worried a sale may lead to high taxes, the charitable trust may be a good option. You know, for example, say a large capital gains, $250,000 or higher, may be enough of a taxable gain to give some people pause. But by designing a trust, you may be able to move that high gain asset into a trust, a strategy that makes the trust the asset's owner. And then once the asset is in the trust, it can potentially be sold without getting smacked by capital gains. Okay. So it sounds like for some people, there are a lot of potential advantages out there. But now what about the disadvantages? Well, I did mention that there were lawyers involved, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Check. That's one disadvantage. So that's, hey, you always have to take one crack, right? One crack <laughs> at the lawyer. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. I have a lot of good lawyer friends. So no, perhaps the biggest disadvantage setting up the charitable trust is that there are fees for both establishing and managing it, you know, and also trust may often be irrevocable. Now that may sound like a weird word, but think of it as if you can revoke something, it's essentially irrevocable. It's pronounced irrevocable. And you'll hear that from lawyers a lot. And there's a revocable trust and then an irrevocable trust. I just don't like the way that word changes. It's always bugged me my whole entire career. Yeah. But, it's um, like very close, it, but it, yeah, but it being irrevocable means that if your financial needs or status change down the road, it can be extremely challenging to impossible to get your hands on those funds. So uh, there's also potential that your family or chosen heirs may not like your decision to donate some of your assets to a certain cause, which may mean you perhaps didn't raise them right. But, yeah, uh, really. <laughs> but that can cause arguments, unhappiness. I'm sure. So, uh, but I think if you've had the right discussions with your family, especially around finances, philosophies, um, you're probably not going to run into that same issue, but, uh, it, that is a potential drawback. 
Well, sure. Yeah, definitely. I can see that happening. So let's get back to what we talked about at the top of the segment, which is how much money does somebody need to establish a charitable trust? Uh, simplest way to put it, you don't need to be rich to benefit from the charitable trust. Most importantly, you want to be certain that the potential advantages of a charitable trust are greater than the management costs that will be involved. And you also want to look closely at your current future needs when deciding if you can spare those assets. Essentially, the assets you contribute to a charitable trust should be surplus money. It's not money that's vital for your day-to-day needs. So I'm not saying, yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to be Gates. You don't have to be Musk to do these things, Mm -hmm. but you still need, you, you can't be living hand to mouth more, you know, you're going to have to have something left. You don't need to be a millionaire, but the amount you place into the trust will ultimately come down to your circumstances and personal philosophy and values. Sure. And and that makes perfect sense. Now, uh, let's take a break here to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Matt, because I'm sure they have questions. And I know you work with uh, tax professionals. You have them in your office. You guys handle that. You also work with estate planning attorneys and do legacy planning. So mm-hmm. if our listeners have questions, how can they get a hold of you? Super simple. Give us a call 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. Sounds good. So we've been talking about uh, charitable trusts, mm-hmm. and I know that you'd next like to focus on something different. You also wanted yeah. to talk about retirement wealth gaps today. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of folks who are in their late 50s and early 60s are probably staring up at the ceiling at night wondering if they're going to get the retirement they really want, right? It, I think you're absolutely right. Now, this is something we've talked about. You know, we used to talk about the wealth gap a lot more when we started this show a few years ago. Yes. Um, and we've kind of gotten away from that concept, maybe the image of what the wealth gap is. Uh, there was a, and there was, we often refer to some articles from Kiplinger and there was one, how to calculate your retirement wealth gap. And I think it's got great, insights, information. If you want to refer to that, not, you can listen to what we're talking about because we have been talking about this for years. Now to get it rolling, uh, let's define exactly what a retirement income gap is. And the article has an excellent analogy. I think I would take it a little different. Let's start with the article's analogy. And it's imagine you're standing on the bank of a river and the place you're standing is your current financial status. And that's made up of your income and all your other assets. Now the other riverbank, the opposite side of the river is your ideal retirement and the water flowing between the two banks. That's the gap you need to prepare for. Okay. This is where IQ don't pay the ferryman by Chris DeBerg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would fit nicely here, but it I would. don't have that queued up and, uh, we don't have copyright, uh, permission for that one, but uh, you can picture it playing. Don't pay the ferryman. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I can get in on that analogy. I mean, obviously, if the current river bank we're on is our working years and uh, the one in the distance is retirement, uh, you, the financial services professional, Matt, would be that trusty rowboat to help people safely navigate across. Uh, So I like thinking of you, Matt, as a rowboat. <laughs> well, the bottom Tony, line I here. think you could picture some financial services professionals as rowboats. <laughs> I like to consider ourselves, since we're more from the planning side and fiduciaries, I like to consider ourselves a finely engineered bridge. Matt! Yep. 
<laughs> you went away from the article's analogy. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I said, a, a little a bridge different. Makes right? more so, sense, actually. Uh, so you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. As, if you have a nice, safe, trusty rowboat, sure, fine, and and maybe it's a little more exciting that way, right down there in the current. But to me, I like a well-engineered and highly crafted bridge. Yeah, the safety is of a bridge is better. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it keeps you a little further away from the current, but. Don't get me wrong. I think, again, I think you did a great job with your analogy, Tony. I'm not <laughs> trying to tease you about that one. But there's a difference between just a, a financial services professional and people who are fiduciaries and planners, in my opinion, sure. in my humble opinion. Yeah. But, you know, the finding your way across that river, if you can cross it, that's the important thing. Work yep. with someone. Work with a person. Heck, work with the person who just has a tow rope to get you across if you need to. But. Having a strategy is the important part. Now, let's how important is it? Well, let's use business owners as an example. I know a lot of business owners, and so many of them, they spend hours a day, every day, working at their business, worrying about it even when they aren't actually working. That's the onus of owning your own business. It's yep. not for the faint of heart. It's an all-in endeavor. And accordingly, when you're working hard at your business, it can be easy to forget about what you need to do to get from your current riverbank to the distant retirement riverbank. You know, in this example, some business owners believe they'll get across the retirement river by selling their business. But guess what? According to Kiplinger, who we were referencing, only around 4% of businesses sell for what the owners think it's actually worth. 4%. Wow. I, sh I shocked you into silence. Well, I just, I'm surprised that number is so low, to be honest. But I guess... I guess the key is there uh, for what it's worth. Uh, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because when I go online and look at what the people sometimes sell their things for used items, like an old dresser, uh, you know, that, you know, it's all beat up and it's like people usually think their stuff is worth more than it is. I've found. Yeah. Well, especially a business that they built themselves. That's true. They, to them, it's worth a lot, obviously. Yeah, they put so much their heart and soul and sweat. Yeah an hour and just their entire lives into, mm -hmm. uh, they're probably never going to get enough for it, uh, to make up for all that. You're right. That's, that's a great point. That's a great. So point. yeah, the, the key is strategy, right? Strategize, no, yeah. strategize, strategize. Yeah. No. And next know how wide that gap is, you know, it, and to do that though, you have to know where you are currently. And you have to be able to figure out how far to cross that river is. So you, you have to, you know, do a rundown of all your current income producing assets and then minus your business and home. Okay. So, um, so why should a person's home and business not be included then? Why should we not include those? Well, yeah. article, uh, uh, the article notice, I agree. This is, it, it's best to not think of your home as an asset for the topic we're discussing because it doesn't produce income. You know, if you sell your home and downsize, you'll probably put some money in your pocket, but you'll still need a place to live. And that's going to come with a cost, whether you have a mortgage or you rent. So along those same lines, you shouldn't include your business when determining your wealth gap, because in most cases, it won't be providing you with any income once you've retired from it. Not to say, oh, listen, if there's there's a difference between having a company and having a business. And if you have a business and you're actually running a business, you may be able to still get income from it once you've retired from it. But if you haven't done it right, you haven't planned properly. Um, it's, it, it's possible you, you could sell your business for a great price, but the reality is 
only about 20% of businesses are even able to be sold and only 4% at about what they think they're worth, right? So when it comes to figuring out your wealth gap, it's probably a smart move to operate under the assumption that you won't be able to sell your business. Work with the guarantees. Exactly. And so uh, once we know where we're at, uh, what's next? Well, when, after you know where you are, it's time to figure out where you're going, right? Figuring True. out where you're going. True. That point. comes down to some very broad but important questions. You know, when do you want to retire? Where do you want to retire? What kind of lifestyle do you want in retirement? Do you want to travel wherever the whim strikes you? Do you want to help pay for your grandkids' education? Do you want to help your kids put a down payment on their first house? How often are you going to go on vacation? All those questions we always talk about in these things as to how you really want to define your retirement. And so let's let's return back to that example of the business owner. A lot of business owners, you know, they list their smartphone as a business expense because half of them, can't, you can run your business from your smartphone now. You know, you can do your billing from it. You can do all my, I know some, uh, so many business owners, that's their entire computer is their smartphone. That is their business center. And so they don't need to pay for it out of pocket. It is a business expense. But once you no longer own the business, the ability to write off your phone vanishes. And maybe you had a business where you used your vehicle to transport stuff. And that was an expense. Well, you can't write that off. So that's exactly the kind of thing you need to consider when figuring out the wealth gap. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. And you need to be working with a financial services professional as well. So, but that that hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I don't own a business, but, you know, you got to think of the things you pay for today in ways that you won't be able to when you retire. And uh, that's a sit up and pay attention moment you just gave us. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. You know, how about, how about another example? Let's say your current lifestyle costs you in the neighborhood of $150,000 a year. Now, that's pretty good lifestyle, right? Uh, it's sure. Probably it's more than the average American, but that's roughly $12,500 a month. Sure. Well, that's a good starting point for your retirement income. You're still going to have to pay taxes. So you'll need a gross income in the ballpark of $190,000 to provide for your retirement needs. Now, you know, you should note the figure we used in the example. That's going to vary depending on your state's tax policies. I'm not, you know, talking specifics here, right? We're talking generally. Yeah. But uh, you, all, you're going to have to tax up your needs because you're going to have to pay for those taxes. Wow. Well, our discussion today makes me very grateful uh, to work with uh, closely with a fiduciary. Yeah, uh, and that's you, a good you've, thing. You've, folks have to find a financial services professional who's also a fiduciary who's going to look at the big picture. I, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to name names, Matthew Brunner, but uh, <laughs> I happen to know a guy. So, well, yeah. Hey, and I'm glad to hear that. Tony. You know, I've been a, I've been in this business for a long time, but that doesn't mean I've lost my ability to see how confusing and overwhelming things like you know, figuring out what that wealth gap can be. And yeah. again, that's why we do the planning. The planning figures this, you know, this, that process, this, that is our calculations for the wealth gap. And that's why I say, yeah, listen, we can, we can back of a napkin it for you. We could sit, I could sit down next to you somewhere waiting for a plane at the corner of a bar and we could do a napkin <laughs> calculation and you can have a rowboat or you can sit down with a planner, a fiduciary, and you get a well-crafted bridge. There you go. I think I would, I will take the ladder. And speaking <laughs> yeah, of that, a ladder is, is dangerous across the river. The ladder, uh, oh, I'm sorry. with a T, sorry, the sorry. bridge. Yes. <laughs> I uh, can't so... help myself sometimes. Tony. <laughs> oh my goodness. Matt. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So we're almost out of time. Before we go, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Matt. I'm sure people have questions either about charitable trusts or filling that gap, income gap in retirement. Well, you know, if you're standing on the side of the river and you're trying to figure out how to cross it, uh, you can give us a call, 800-339-9252, or you can find us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. That sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.